0: This show is brought to you in part by the University of Advancing Technology. UAT is a unique technology-infused private college that was founded by a geek for other geeks. Our mission is to educate students in the fields of advancing technology to become innovators of the future. UAT's campus culture is devoted to continually nurturing a thriving geek community where everyone's personal lives and professional aspirations revolve around technology. The beginning of the 21st century is an exciting time to be in the technology community. Current subjects of ongoing research and scholarship at UAT include robotics and embedded systems, artificial life programming, information and network security, game development, and other areas of advanced technology. Check them out on the web at www.uat.edu. Shoutcast streaming provided by Versus the World Productions. www.vtwproductions.com
1: Hi folks, this is the Emperor. I'm here to remind you to listen to The Emperor's Court every Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern right here at vtwproductions.com. That's The Emperor's Court. Your three hour
2: break from internet porn. Um, We have a a fantastic panel for you this afternoon. Um, Everybody who's... uh, Fans of the show, Eureka, we have some some awesome, awesome surprises for you. Uh, Together with us today, we have uh, show co-creator and writer, uh, Jamie Paglia. And uh, from the show, Dr. Isaac Parrish, we have Will Wheaton.
3: Awesome. This one work now? This one work? Oh, it does now. That's awesome. Hello. Hey. Hi guys! Thanks for coming. Um, well, I'm I'm thrilled that Will was able to join me here. This is actually my second time to Phoenix and uh, last year was very serendipitous because I had just met Will and Will said, you need to meet Felicia Day. She's a good friend of mine and I came out and we all had a chance to chat a little bit. And then all of a sudden uh, Felicia and Will are coming back for season 4.5, um, which is, premiering monday july 11th now we're going to be new new day in time 8 p.m that's going to be a they're going to do a whole new night of uh programming on sci-fi on mondays so we're going to be at eight warehouse 13 will be at nine and then they're going to premiere alphas at 10 so july 11th mark your calendars um wow i mean we've just had the best time yeah we really have it's really, irritating.
1: and it's weird, it's so weird to me that we, we started, the episodes that you guys are going to see starting in July, we shot last July, <laughs> and, and it's so weird, uh, like, part of me has forgotten most of what we did, so I'm going to get to watch it sort of new, um, and, uh, and, then, and then, so, like, as excited as, as you are to see the back half of season four, like, I'm ten times excited. Uh, because I get to find out if everything I'm doing with Dr. Parrish now makes sense. That's right. <coughs> because it's all already been just, like, it's settled.
3: Yeah, I think that um, when, when Will came on the show in, in the, the first half of the season, we crafted the character to be someone that we would be able to bring back and there's gonna be a very interesting little love triangle that develops with Dr. Parrish and Miss Felicia Day and uh, somebody else on our show, which I'm sure you're going to see soon. We were working on a little technical issue, that was why we were a little bit late starting, and uh, we're gonna get that resolved, because I did, I'm really gonna die if I can't show it to you guys, I, I just cut together a very special sneak preview of season 4.5 that will be premiered here, literally off the presses. And like Will said, I mean, the, the, the crazy part is because they split our seasons, and season three got split into two, and season four got split into two. We are, we're, we're going to be premiering episodes, these ten episodes that we've had in the can for a long time, and we're in the middle of doing season five now, and we have Will back in season five, which is also very exciting. It's
1: awesome. <laughs> <coughs>
3: I would, we'll have to talk a little bit about that. We'll talk more about season 4.5. There's so much that I want to tell you. It's just really hard. But I remember when Will showed up on the set the first day I saw him. You, you were a little excited about the,
1: what we were doing. I was a lot excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was a lot excited. I, the, my, my first day on, uh, on All the Rage, we shot in... Uh, on, on uh, Eureka takes up four stages,
3: yeah, I think five now at Vancouver Film Studios. And, we're, we're metastasizing uh, across Vancouver,
1: and and there's we just keep pushing other shows out. And uh, there's uh, the 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 main kind of GD stage, the rotunda is in uh, is on like takes up two levels of this stage and then the the sick bay is underneath it and then the corridor is underneath that and then there's all these other hallways and it's really easy to get lost on the stage if you don't know where you're going i got lost every time i tried to go to the bathroom i got lost (laughs)
2: um
1: uh, incidentally you should change the water in the fountain
2: oh Um, right
1: yeah and um and 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 uh, yeah, it was it was it was really fun, and I was I, I sort of suffered from the same the same thing that that happens to me when I work on Big Bang Theory. Uh, I'm so excited to be there. And I'm so happy to be with people who I consider my friends, where I feel like I am part of family, that it takes me um, uh, anywhere from, from a couple of hours to a couple of days to settle back down into the douchey character that I'm supposed to be. Because I'm so excited to be there. And uh, it, was, it was great. After, so we did all the rage, and then I was off for uh, like six or seven episodes, And um, uh, I was invited back to to play Dr. Parrish again for the Back 10. And I was in a lot of episodes in the second half of of the year. And that first day back... Um, we did scenes uh, in Cafe Diem, and uh, that's not a spoiler, right?
3: No, I okay. think we can we can okay. reveal that
1: one. All right, and and uh, so I'm so I'm sitting at the uh, I'm sitting at the at the counter in Cafe Diem, and uh, I'm like doing this thing, and this, a person comes over and wants to talk to me about another thing, and then there's another guy who wants to talk about this other thing, and then there's this thing happening, um, and. <laughs> And, and some characters that you know are also there and we're thinking about some things and <clears throat> spoiler alert and and, and I uh, I, God, I felt like I felt like I was the most unprofessional person in the world because it took me most of the morning to find Dr. Parrish and thank God Matt Hastings was on, on 17 the takes
3: 17 I mean it takes. was really it
1: was forever and ever and ever and as an actor <laughs> after like take four I'm like Jesus like I've done this before really I promise <laughs> and I just asked Matt to come over and I said look I I just need you to tell me that, that like if this is right or wrong because I don't think that this is right this thing that I'm doing he was like okay do it for me so like it was like I had an audition again Yes. And just showed Matt, like, this is what I'm doing. He's like, good, do more of that. You passed the audition. Yeah,
3: which is great. You guys to come back again. Um, well, you know, just I want to open it up to questions as soon as possible, because I know you guys have a lot of questions generally. Um, but what you can kind of look forward to, and I'm just dying to show you this DVD. It's killing me. I think they're still working on it backstage. All right, we're um, still working on it.
2: For now, if you guys want to go ahead and line up, uh, um, Mike here is standing behind the microphone. If you want to la- line up behind him, he'll be, uh, he'll be talking to you about your questions. Um,
3: but what you can look forward to is, um, so how many of you guys saw season four? You, most of you? Yeah? Oh, awesome, thank you. And how did you feel about us shifting the whole timeline and changing all their lives? Is that good? It's a good thing? We're not changing it back, just so you know. Um, we're going to be exploring in the back 10 episodes more of the ramifications of the timeline shift for all of our characters and their relationships and in their different roles. Some new surprises come up. And, uh, you know, I think everybody uh, in the writer's room, certainly in our cast as well, um, we're so excited about that change. It's just sort of, you know, taking our show and sort of, shifting at 90 degrees so it's still our show, they're still our people, but we throw them into these sort of amazing circumstances and watch them adapt and see whether they grow into those roles or whether they, you know, sort of shrink away and want to do something different. Um, it's been the most fun to explore and I, as much as I loved and and I... I I don't say this lightly, I love the first half of the season, I think I might actually love the second half more. So, um, you'll get some, hopefully, a sneak peek of that shortly. So, questions? My question is... Uh-oh, microphone. There we go. Um,
0: Is the romance between Fargo and the Warehouse 13 character gonna continue? And could you explain the Christmas episode a little bit more? It was a little confusing.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, the first part um yeah, well, you know, we we loved having Allison's Scaliodi over and Claudia is amazing. Um it is a trick there will be potentially more in the future. We'll 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 see um I'm not even sure how I'm allowed to tell you exactly what's going to go on with that. But it was something that we had to kind of, I think, um, keep somewhat contained to the episodes that we did this last season, just because, as you know, we're shooting our season, they're shooting their season, we're in Vancouver, they're in Toronto. It's very challenging, not just from the schedule side of uh, where our actors are and and their shooting days that are um, on the shows that they're already doing, but also just for the writers, we have to figure out when we're going to write them into an episode that could potentially have that actor available. So there's a, there are a lot of extra degrees of difficulty that kind of go into it, but uh, we would love to do more with them. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. So for Christmas, you were, you were confused about Christmas because all of a sudden people were there or weren't there, were they together, were they not together and those kinds of things, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, like the timeline difference between yeah the episodes, like where they split it and, the characters that were missing in the christmas episode and then the just everything was just very confusing with the timeline
3: you know it was um it was a challenge because the the goal was to create a perennial christmas episode and uh, something that would kind of stand outside of our our general timeline and all the things that were happening because we you, you know we've become um, very purposefully a, a little bit more serialized over the last, you know, couple of seasons. It was something that um, Bruce Miller, who's my co-showrunner, and, and I and, and our amazing writing staff felt very strongly about, that there would be ongoing ramifications to these episodes when, when things happen to them. And obviously we had this huge, huge timeline shift. But then one of the things that I've wanted to do for a very long time, and uh, Eric Wallace, who's been with me from the very beginning as our... Our PA and has moved up to an executive story editor this year. Um, he was always pushing me to do this uh, a Christmas episode, and, and we had the opportunity. And the Sci-Fi Network was really um, behind it, which was great. But in order for it to feel like an episode that you could play every year, ideally, um, it it couldn't have um, you couldn't really be in the middle of a major character storyline. It had to sort of stand on its own. Um, we didn't want to have characters present there who, in years from now, weren't a part of our main cast of characters because it could feel disjointed again if you were watching it. So we we sort of made the decision not to have some of the newer characters who had been introduced this last season uh, be in the episode. Um, But we also didn't want to completely ignore the fact that uh, Fargo was now the head of Global Dynamics and that Carter and, and Allison were in this relationship. So we sort of decided to allow some of those elements to be present, but um, not be uh, too on the nose with where they were in their relationship. You know, we didn't um, you know, have major conversations about Allison and Carter's relationship. It was really about everybody's relationship to the holiday and what it meant to them. So You that-
1: should just imagine that this particular episode exists in a timeline where Marty's parents don't actually meet. <laughs> there you go. Or that.
0: You once played at a convention, a D&D game, where one of your characters had died and you were kind of forced into the uh, Stinky the Zombie.
1: Yeah, Mr. Stinky. Uh, do
0: you miss Mr.
1: Stinky? I really miss Mr. Stinky. Uh, Mr. Stinky was a great character. Do
0: you ever replay him in your off time whenever you're playing with your friends or what have you? Do, did you
1: rebuild him and continue Mr. Stinky's story? Are you saying when I'm playing with myself do I play with Mr. Stinky? <laughs> is that is that kind of where this is going? How many, how many kids are here before we continue down this road? Um, I have Mr. Stinky's character sheet, uh, but I've, I, I actually prefer to run games rather than play in them. Uh, so uh, Mr. Stinky has not uh, made any appearances um, recently. The number of fart jokes I want to make right now is really <laughs> overwhelming me.
3: Um, I'm a fairly recent uh, addition to the viewers, and uh, I was watching the previous seasons, uh, seasons one and two, mm-hmm. and
2: uh, during that time, you guys created a conflict between Jack and Henry um, over Kim's death, and Jack's memory got erased, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But you guys never really resolved that conflict. I was wondering exactly why you guys chose not to explore that.
3: You know, I, I feel like we... We resolved the conflict in, in insofar as um, you know it's funny there there were there, there was a, a major confrontation scene um, from Phoenix Rising that um, that was um, that was cut actually um, that we really saw Carter remember what was going on and and tell Henry. I know what you did, and Henry was apologizing and, and really couldn't, conf- you know, forgive himself for what he had done. And um, it's interesting how there are times when you write something that you, you know, I really felt very strongly that that was something that I wanted to be in the episode. And then I looked at the episode as a whole, and that part of it just stood out as being like from a completely different show. It just. It, it, it didn't work in the context of the big framework of it. So we've always sort of had this something for, I think it, I like the fact that there's, again, uh, ongoing, um, there are ongoing ramifications to those choices. And, and Henry did something that he will always have to sort of carry with him. Carter had pieces of memories and, you know, thinking that he knew that something wasn't quite right. But ultimately, that instead of it being a big um, profession where then Carter was going to have to look at Allison and say, oh, wait a second, we were something potentially and now we're not, that was taken away or any memories of that were taken away, Uh, is to kind of see what role fate might have in all of this and see if Carter and Allison kind of grow together and um, you might remember if you saw the end, of did you see the end of season four? Not, uh, or the first half of season four, um, uh, I'll be seeing you uh, when Allison and, and Henry are walking out to the gorge right before she's killed and she's talking about the fact that she and Carter are seeing each other and Henry says you know I always sort of had a feeling that you guys you know, were meant to be together. That was a nod to you, what you're talking about that he has always known that there was a relationship there that he took away. And um, I think he's gratified that it's sort of going the way that it should. I hope that answers your question.
2: Thank you. Hi. Hey. (laughs) Um, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Question, do you have any plans for uh, getting Paul McGillian into the cast?
3: You know, we have uh, we have talked with Paul. I was just talking to Paul a little while ago about this. Actually, um, there are so many great actors that we would love to bring over, and I think really it's it's not about um, it's just about finding the right character. I mean, for Will, Dr. Parrish, it was just the right character for him, and um, I think that if we end up telling a story that has uh, a character that Paul feels right for, um, I would love to have him on the show with so many others that we've talked about um, in, in the past. Sure.
1: I have just oh, received yes. um, a signal. Do indicating, we have a signal? Indicating that, that DVDs can happen.
3: Oh, this is so very, very exciting. Um, <laughs> do you guys want to see a little preview of season 4.5? All right, uh, we should go down there so we can see. Yeah, that's a good that's, idea. We're gonna come down there. I'm coming with
0: you. Get comfortable. You are such a blast!
1: I like you! I like you too!
2: How do you assess on intimate alliance? I like to watch. All right, everybody, back to work. Get your own girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. Her name is Science. Sorry,
1: the FTL Dr. Parrish? Doug.
0: Hello, Allison.
1: Going down! Oh, space is bad. Holy socks! Don't you think you're just a titch
2: too old for space travel?
1: Don't make me angry, son. You
3: wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs>
2: Can I oh, just say awesome. You can only see half
3: the screen, but all right. We're going to do it again? It was so good we have to do it twice. Were you going to say
2: something? No. I was just, okay. just going to say, say awesome. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and I know what all of those shots are from, so now I'm excited all over again.
3: Yeah, it was crazy when we were actually cutting that together, uh, be, just because again we're we're so deep into season five now. Uh, we we're shooting. We started episode seven of the thirteen up, uh, on I think Monday, and um, I realized I had, we got to put something together for 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 this. And I got to go back and I said, oh, I talked to our editor. I said, you know, you get this shot and this shot, and then some of the kissing stuff, and from that and that and that, I just sort of rattled off a bunch of shots and. And uh, Todd Sharp, who's one of our executive producers and the master of post-production, went over with one of our editors, and and he and uh, Aaron cut this thing together. And I got so excited. I was like, holy God, look at all that stuff that we still get to
1: see. So, I'm excited. Yeah, that's rad. (laughs) I don't think we're gonna get Patrick Stewart. Patrick doesn't do television anymore. Um, Sorry, look, I could lie to you, or I could tell you the truth. (laughs) Okay, we'll get Patrick Stewart. That's a lie. Um, is the name Jack Carter a nod to Stargate?
3: You know, I have is to he say my it. Love child.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just say yes. Just sure. say yes. Yes. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> so, as you stated earlier, you have done a time travel episode that changed the universe, and you are not going to change it back. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, I'm Looking at Will, who came from a show where they would never do that. They had to hit the reset button at the end of every episode. Was that a hard sell for you to the network to say, we're gonna do this, it's gonna change fundamentally, and no, we're never going to go back. Was that difficult?
3: Uh, Yeah, it was. It was really hard, actually. Um, What
0: did you have to do to get a yes?
3: Lots of sexual favors. I knew it. I'm not proud.
1: Now I feel dirty. But I totally came through for you. So
3: yes, you did. He was really—he was a gamer. Um, no, it's really funny. I think that the uh, Bruce uh, Miller, who I uh, mentioned, my co-showrunner, and I went in to pitch, as we have to do every season, um, uh, sort of what the what's our big thing gonna be for the season. And we in the off season, before we had actually been picked up for season four, um, and uh, I didn't even know if Bruce was coming back. I had like, almost none of my writers were coming back, so I was gonna be restapping the whole thing, and they had, they, they, I had a meeting with the network in the studio, and it was that, that conversation about, you know, it's season four, it has to be really good. It says you have to go big, because you've, this is the season that decides whether you get seasons five and beyond. I mean, this is, no pressure. But it has to be good, and um, we there was you know this concept. Uh, Founders Day was one of the um, the original concepts um, from season one that I've always wanted to do, and I had had a version of it that at that point it was really going to be um, all. It was based around Carter was was uh, still pursuing Allison Stark was still in the picture, and uh, Allison invited him over. Uh, Carter over and he's going over thinking that it's for dinner with her and actually it's to babysit Kevin while she goes out with Stark and and he's all bummed out and he gets um, sort of stuck there with Kevin who goes and creates something that shunts the two of them back to 1947 and that was the original idea that they would be there and Carter was going to have to try to figure out how to get them back without undoing the town. And you know, in season one, it felt like it was too soon to do that because you hadn't really gotten to know the characters. And in season two, it was a budgetary issue because it's very expensive, obviously, to do a period piece. Um, you know, you're not using sets that you own and costumes that you own, and you have props and all those things, hair and makeup, that are all extra expenses. So, um, you know, flash forward to season four, and uh, we were going to actually do 22 episodes. One of them was going to be a two-hour. And um, Bruce, Bruce said, hey, listen, why don't we, if we're gonna get to do a two hour, maybe we should do this 1947 thing because we could do it and it would, uh, we could amortize the cost out over two episodes. We might be able to get the extra money um, from the network. And we started to kick it around and then they ended up deciding that they couldn't um, justify an extra two hour movie thing for whatever reason. And so they, we kind of got excited about the idea, just Bruce and I kind of kicking around in the off season when, when we knew we were coming
1: back. Network's like the worst date ever Because the <laughs> network's like We're going to do this crazy amazing thing later And yeah. you're like yeah And then you, and the network's like Actually turns out I, have, I kind of really got a headache Yeah There's that
3: There's a long week I'm tired Can we just cuddle?
1: And so- the network always leaves the socks on it's Just it's such a bummer
3: It's not as sexy as you'd think it would be um, so basically, to, you know, to, to, to uh, summarize, we ended up deciding, well, maybe we could do it as a season premiere. And then in the course of, of kicking that around with our staff, after we actually brought our writers back, we had, we, our, our new writing staff in, and we sort of told them what we were thinking, um, somebody made the joke that, well, you know, we'll, we'll go back to 1947, that'll be really fun, they'll get back, and hey, wouldn't it be funny if we changed something? Because we knew we were going to bring Trevor Grant back, and that that was going to screw things up. But someone said, like, oh, what if it's not the Archimedes statue anymore? What if it's actually a statue of Trevor Grant? And Carter gets mocked by that statue every day outside of his office. And then it was just like I just got hit in the head with a giant hammer and said, We could change everything. (laughs) Not just the statue. And then we just all started talking about the things that you know, where we were gonna grow the characters organically, which you can do on any show, but in Eureka, how much much more fun is it for Henry to all of a sudden walk in and he's married to someone that he just met that morning and for Joe to all, all of a sudden have the job at Global Dynamics uh, as head of security and for Fargo to actually be the director, which is a job he's always wanted
1: and never thought he would and be And totally capable. doesn't deserve. Doesn't deserve. <laughs> at all, not even a little bit.
3: <laughs> and then to have a new character come in who will point that out at every Chance he has. Listen, someone just has to sometimes say the sun is out. (laughs) So, when we went in to tell this big idea to the network, I've never seen Mark Stern, who's the head of the network out on the West Coast, I've never seen him so excited about anything that we've pitched in all the seasons that we had done before. He literally did the happy dance in his chair. That like. He squeed like a little girl. Yes, Mark, you did. I know you did. And but then he said, "So, so, uh, so, when are you gonna, when are you gonna change it back?" And we said, um, "We're not." And then it was like, "Oh, <laughs> see, now you're messing with your franchise." And we said, "Yes, exactly. We're going to mess with our franchise." And we really believed that the audience would come along for the ride. We thought, you know. It's, it is Eureka, and we wanted this to be something that is constantly changing and that you know we care enough about the characters and hopefully you appreciate the town that we shifted it enough that you could still feel like it's your show, but there's all this sort of endless new possibility. So um, I'm really glad you guys liked it because we really put our necks out for that. So.
1: And knowing what comes for the rest of season four and what happens in season five, you know, in science fiction it's really easy to just sort of like be hand-wavy and make changes and stuff and Uh, It's I mean you you can do it because like you just have to get someplace. But to me as an audience member, it's so insulting when uh, I'm invested in something like Lost and uh, (laughs) and and it just you know and just suddenly like all this stuff that you loved and cared about and were invested in, haha, jokes on you. We you know we we dumped all of that. And what I uh, one of the things I really loved as I got to watch you know from within the cast and then also uh, as you know watching it on television in the in the first half of this last season is how these relationships change in a way that is completely truthful to the characters and is completely truthful to the world and is really, I believe, very respectful to, uh, to the show that the audience already cares about. So there's like there's messing with your franchise just to mess with your franchise, um, which some people want to do, which I think is self-destructive and pointless, and then there's messing with your franchise to sort of make, make your show better. And uh, I have told anyone who will listen to me that I think this is the most intelligent reset of a TV show ever, yeah. and and, uh, and and is and it and it makes it makes so much sense. And stuff is still playing. We're in season five now, and stuff is still you know ripples are still coming through like you know uh, Lake Archimedes. <laughs>
3: uh, no, we would never do that to you. Um, no, I it was. Um, that's very nice of you to say. Well, I, I think that we really uh, we just got so excited by it. I, mean, I think we just trusted that that feeling that if if we who had been writing this show, you know, for me now it's seven years actually um, since we sold the show. I think we're going into our eighth year because uh, they split two of the seasons up. Um, you know, you live with the characters, and you, and you are always constantly in fear of falling into a formula. Um, because the the question that we always ask ourselves in the writers' room is, we're breaking a story. Is why do we care? Why you know whose story is this? What character is going through what? Why is an audience? Do I care about watching this episode? And as a writer, why do I care about writing it? And we got so I think just reinvigorated and inspired. And so did our cast members and our crew who have been delivering. You know, you have to understand, like in television, you know you only have a certain amount of days and budget. There's just, it's always time and money really about what you can deliver. And what our crew does on seven days and a limited budget compared to what most network shows can do in eight to 10 days with much more money is amazing. I, they just deliver the most amazing work. And uh, you know, we wouldn't be able to do the, the, the kinds of stories that we do without those guys. So, yes.
2: Hello. I- at first, I didn't even recognize you well. When you first came on the show, I did not recognize you at all.
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh, I used to be see. taller.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is there any actor or actress that you would like to work with or you wish you had been able to work with and why?
1: I'm pretty sure she's talking to you. I was thinking it was in
3: front of me too. I was just gonna see if you were gonna jump in there and then I was gonna go, ha! Um, no. Yes. Go ahead.
1: Um, I, I've been really lucky to work with really great actors, and I've been really lucky to work with really great actors just before they are sort of discovered, and and uh, you know, and then take off. And I, you know, I was I was in acting school with Sama Hayek for four years, and we were scene partners. Oh my God! A bunch I'm going to picture times. that for a minute. Just, let, let me just go ahead. That. No, it's all right. I take all the time you need. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's very good. And, and <laughs> Continue. It's, and it's been, it's been really, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing this for thirty years, and it's, it's really great that I've gotten to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. Um, He's sixty-three, by the way. Did you guys know that? It's amazing. I know. Turns out, absolutely no downside to making a deal with the devil. <laughs> um, you know, it's a really tough question. There are. There are actors from other eras that I would, I would love to have worked with William Holden. Uh, I would love to have worked with Marlon Brando or Al Pacino in the 70s. Um, but, uh, I'm really grateful for what I have right now. And I'm really grateful that I get to work, you know, I I reoccur on a lot of shows right now. And I get to work with great casts in every single one of them. And it's really rare. Um, I'm I'm I am unbelievably lucky to work on three shows, and on each show, the cast and crew all love each other, and we're making shows that we're incredibly proud of. Well, thank you
3: very much. Love you. I thought he was going to say Polly Shore. I... Also, Polly
1: Shore.
2: As a, as a reference to that, um, I saw a lot of a lot of new faces in that, that trailer clip that you had yeah. there. Um, any chance you'd be willing to talk about some of the, the guest stars that happened in the second half of the season? Oh,
3: my God, it's been so great. I mean, obviously, having Will back and then with, you know, Felicia Day is amazing. She's just an amazing actress. She's an amazing person. Yeah. Um, I, I owe Will big time for, for having uh, introduced us because... Uh, You know, there are certain characters, I think, like Dr. Parrish and Will, and actors who kind of um, just fit into our show. And it's just like, oh, there was a person missing, and now they're here. This is fantastic. And uh, Dr. Holly Martin is Felicia's uh, character. She is uh, someone who is an expert in rocketry and all things uh, outer space. And she is just pitch perfect. So um, she's phenomenal. Um, we, yes, we have you know, Wally Sean comes in and, I mean, sorry, I, I, that's like for me, you know, Wallace Sean was th- phenomenal to get to write an episode uh, with him. And I came in after his
1: first day yeah. and Erica would not stop talking about yeah. how great he was. And finally, by the end of the day, I was like, look, I know I'm not Wallace Sean, okay? Yeah. <laughs> You've made your point. <laughs> we ate dinner in a cold, steely silence that night. Yes.
3: Um, Ming Na, I mean, come on, she's fan- fantastic. Uh, we uh, again, someone, you know, serendipity is a, a good thing. I happened to be on the plane back from Vancouver. She was doing, uh, you know, Stargate. She was doing her own show, and uh, we were on the plane together. And um, Bruce Miller uh, used to work with her when he was on ER, and they were both on ER. As, and I said, you know, she was doing that thing where she kind of like pulled the book out immediately, you know, so I wouldn't talk to her, and didn't stop me. <laughs> I said, hi, I know Bruce Miller, and he would be upset if I didn't say hello from him. And then the moment I said that, she was like, oh, my God, you're my new best friend. And I, I still haven't gotten the kick out of my neck because I was like this the whole flight talking to her. And by the time we landed, uh, she was willing to be on our show and um, somehow managed to be on the plane back and forth with one of our writers every time she was going back and forth. She so, and
1: I ended up on a lot of flights together, too. I would see you her know, I'll the bet airport. you did. <laughs> Purely by coincidence, Uh, Mrs. Wheaton, who's in the audience. (laughs) Um, Who else? Dave Foley. Um,
3: Fantastic. Um, Dave
1: Foley came up. Dave Foley and I worked on Leverage together. And then Dave came up to work on Eureka like three weeks after we had worked on Leverage together and he comes walking up and he sees me, right? And everybody's geeked out because we all love everything he's done. And I guess Colin knows him from the old days. And he comes uh, walking up and I said, God damn it, Foley, you have to stop following me around. (laughs) Stay off of my shows. (laughs) He said that he would go wherever he damn well pleased. (laughs) And he was right.
3: And he was right. <laughs> um, gosh, am I forgetting anybody? I want to make sure I'm not forgetting. And oh well, there's that guy. <laughs> yeah, um, I have I have Phoenix Comic Con and, and Linda Zerutis to thank for for Stan because um, when I was again came came out last year, uh, she said, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to put you on the flight with Stan Lee, if that if that's okay with you."
1: <laughs> please, okay. Please don't make me sit next to Stan Lee for an hour on an airplane.
3: Oh, is it okay if you guys share a limo on the way back? Okay. Note to self, always travel with Stan Lee. <laughs> I've never had it so good. I never will again. It was amazing. Like the, the, the amount of uh, love that is shown to that man daily. And the thing is, when you meet, how, did, were you guys, some of you, at, at his panel earlier? The thing. You know, Stan, there are so, we, you know, we um, who have grown up and dreamed of being in this industry and, um, you know, working with certain people, um, there are those icons, you know, those, those people that you hope someday you might get to meet. And, you know, more times than not, it's always a letdown. I mean, I've had those people, you're like, oh, hey, it's, you know, it's really a pleasure to meet you. And they're like, yeah, what's up? And then they're kind of off, and, and um, Stan not only like lived up to every expectation, he so far exceeded them that um, there's a reason that we're still friends and in contact. I mean, he's just, uh, he's an amazing figure and he's changed the face of popular culture. So um, by the time we landed, he said, so when are you going to put me on your show? <laughs> and I said, do you really go- You think you're going to get on a plane? You're going to fly to Vancouver to be on the show that you've never seen before, never heard of it? And he's like, I like you, absolutely. You just tell me when and I'll show up. And he did. He actually did. (laughs) Uh, Who thought? I never did.
1: The day that Stan came up to to work, uh, I was really lucky to be in the same scene with him. And I watched our incredibly professional crew on Eureka turn into a stage full of fanboys. (laughs) Every single person on the crew in Marvel gear and, and like, it's like, oh, that's weird. Did you bring your lunch to the set today? Oh no, you brought a bag full of comic books. Yeah. Huh. And, and, and Stan was awesome. And Stan was like, I'll sign anything you want me to sign. And he just (laughs) did it all, you know, and was just so great and so nice. And, uh, uh, just sat there and let me geek out at him about everything.
3: Yeah. He's, um, it's, Will's right. You know, our our crew, of course, they're seasoned. I mean, they've been doing, not, it's not just like our show. They've done huge feature films, all these other, other series. They've met everybody in the business. I have never seen them turn into such squeen little girls in my life. It was amazing. Uh, Jason, who is our, our DIT operator in the Video Village, um, you know, he's like six foot three, this big guy. And he was just like, oh, my God. Is Stanley really going to be on the show? Did you... Don't, don't get my hopes up. Did you, is Stan really coming? I heard Stan's coming on the show. And, uh, you know, he was like, tear, he, he, was, he, he, he met Stan, and it was like, you have changed my life. And Stan, and, you know, would, you, would, would you mind signing this? And Stan says to me later on, he says, you know, everybody always asks me if I would mind doing this. He says, it is the easiest thing in the world to take a photograph or to sign something for someone. And how lucky am I that people care that they want, that they want my signature or want to take a photograph? It's just, of course I will. So that's yeah.
1: Enough said. That's it.
3: Will, however, is a total douche about it. Don't,
1: Impossible! <laughs> hate that guy. You you
3: walk up to him and he'll say, "Kaching show now." He said uh, he's amazing.
1: I'm Sorry, um, you uh-oh. can't you can't get in without a credit card to see <laughs> Mr. Wheaton.
2: Did I uh, did I see Aaron Douglas on there too?
3: Oh yes, of course. I knew I was forgetting someone. Aaron Douglas came over uh, for an episode. Um, and he's, again, one of those amazing people. And we love all of our Battlestar brethren. So um, I'm a huge BSG
1: nerd, and we film on a bunch of Battlestar's old stages. Yes, we and do. there are still signs up on the walls, like safety signs and things, that have the Battlestar Galactica thing on them. And I walk past them and sort of like pet them every now and then. You know, we got picked up um, for our
3: show before Battlestar aired. And we, we knew that um, there was sort of like this new movement happening in, uh, on the sci-fi channel in general. And so like in season one when we were up there shooting was when they were making their, their first season two after they had, they'd done the, the mini series. And so I took my family up there and we walked around all those sets and jumped into Starbucks Viper. I have a photograph of my, fo- my, my kids and my wife Kristen, all four of us in the Viper. Um, <laughs> It was awesome. Next question. So say we
2: all. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting close to time, but we can, we can cover these last three questions. Okay, three more, excellent. Um,
1: I thought your portrayal of Kevin as autistic was really amazing. And now with the timeline change that's been taken away, are you gonna explore that or have more autistic kids on the show?
3: You know, it's, that was a, a very sensitive subject for us. Um, there are a number of us um, on the, on uh, the writing staff in particular who have either people in our family who are um, who have autism. My wife actually, Kristen, is an expert in the field of autism. Her research was on working with dance and movement therapy with, with kids with autism. And that character was um, it was challenging for our, our actor and it ended up being challenging for storylines. And I, so we, it ended up being more difficult to have Kevin in in certain stories, but it gave us I think a few seasons where it was really interesting to explore what it was like to be a working mom with a child with with special needs and you know he was a very special kid obviously his connection to the artifact he's the most intelligent you know person in Eureka, all those things. When we were looking at the timeline shift, um, it was an opportunity for us to do drastically different things for our characters and see how they would react to them and so in looking at Allison because we knew that we were you know we were going to pull her out of being the head of global dynamics but that you know that's just a career change on a personal level what did we want to do and we thought okay well for her and Carter we'll start to get them back together again but then Tess is no longer gone she didn't leave so that's going to screw that thing up but it felt like we we had there was more to explore there and we thought you know, with so many of the people that we've known who have been, had, you know, family members with autism, um, there was always that wish that I just wish I could connect. I wish that I, I wish that, um, uh, I could, I could see inside of your head and know what you're thinking. And what would happen if all of a sudden she got all that, except now she's completely unprepared. She's been used to always being overprotective and trying to figure that out. And now she has to know what to adjust to what it's like to have this very independent, still hyper intelligent, you know, uh, m- rapidly maturing teenager that she has to deal with on top of everything else. And so that's really where the storyline came from. And um, so I, I, w- I wouldn't say that I I'm, we're, we're specifically looking for stories that that delve back into that realm, but it's certainly a part of the fabric of our show and those characters. Sure.
0: have two questions. Uh, the first one is about
1: the show and the second is about my home. You guys filmed in Vancouver and, then, and uh. I moved here a couple of years from Vancouver. Um, first one is um, back in the first episode we saw uh, they were driving down the road. The main character, our two favorite characters were driving down the road and they saw uh, um,
3: they passed themselves.
1: They saw them pass themselves. Will that ever be explained? Will I ever find out what what heck was going on there? Uh, and two, uh, how's Vancouver looking right
3: now? Vancouver is beautiful right now. All the trees, the cherry blossoms are in bloom. Are we just we're shooting in? Uh, you know, our, our exterior town is actually not in Vancouver. We we move all of our equipment and everybody up to to Chilliwack. When the our, whack, the whack. What stays in the what happens in the whack definitely stays in the whack.
1: Thank God.
3: Um, <laughs> Wow, it's not pretty, but um it is uh it's beautiful up there that that opening scene actually um this is one of those times where i'm I'm not quite sure how it happened i I think that yes the 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 answer is yes, it will probably come back around, and it's something that I've sort of reserved for maybe sometime when the series does come to an end. hopefully that won't be for a few more seasons. but there was an actual version of the pilot where when they're leaving town, they pass themselves entering town again. So it was, it was a, an anomaly that was caused by Walter Perkins' time machine, his, his, uh, his uh, tachyon collider that um, had just caused that ripple. Ah, uh, tachyons. Those damn tachyons.
1: <laughs> it always comes down to that. I have been inverting tachyon pulses longer than most of you have been alive. <laughs> <laughs> and they are nothing but trouble. I don't care how aligned your dilithium matrix is. <laughs> I just want to say thanks for making this an incredible birthday,
2: first of all. And, uh, oh, happy birthday. happy birthday. Oh, we should all sing. Ready? No, what's we what's really name? shouldn't. No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> this is getting recorded for the web. I think we can't do that. All right, then. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> okay, and, um, what's been your favorite episode shooting?
1: For Will or for me? Both of you. You first. Um, I can't tell you. Yeah. I can tell you that there is an episode that comes up in the back half of this season that uh, was, it, it, I was... So good.
3: So good is what he was going to say. I was,
1: well... No, we were, we were in... There, there were five of us in, 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 and we spend most of the episode in a really small confined space. And, and and that I don't think that gives anything away. I mean, no, you, you, know what? you sort of I find that out in the first couple of minutes of the show.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's there there is a project that is given to Eureka, and there's back ten episodes. And you saw a little bit of snippets in here um, that sort of pits scientist against scientist in a way where they're all competing to uh, be selected for this project. And so one of those episodes has what's supposed to be four people, but ends up being five stuck in this isolation room with a very mundane task to do. And that's the scene.
1: And that that episode was, it was a real challenge to film, but it made me, it, it reaffirmed for me my suspicion that we all know our characters, we all are proud of the show, and we all genuinely like each other as people away from work. Because it was such a small area. I mean, it could have been the most miserable filming experience in my entire career. And it ended up being really cool and really fun. Um, then there's, there's, there's another, there's this one scene in a different episode, which has my favorite scene of the entire season, maybe my favorite scene of the entire series in it, um, where I have this interaction with another scientist. And it's me, the other scientist, and Carter. And uh, Carter's like, hey, you guys are scientists. What do you think about this thing? It's kind of important because it's in Eureka, so something's happening. And you probably should, like, fix it. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I say, like, well, you know, it could be sort of like this. And the other scientist goes, and it could be like this. And then in, it wasn't written like this. But in rehearsal, the other actor and I figured out that we're both science geeks. And when you get science geeks together and they talk about science, they become complete science geeks. The rest of the world stops existing. So, like, this thing is going on. Kind of important that we fix it, right? Carter's standing right there sort of reminding us that, hey, guys, the thing. And we go, oh, right, the thing. And, hey, do you know about this? And I know because I was talking about this other thing. And then, oh, and then this... But check out this. I was thinking about this theory, and with this theory, I know, and I totally did an experiment on that. And he's like, guys, guys, focus, focus, thing, thing, and it ended up being a really funny but entirely truthful moment for all three of our characters. And it's this thing that happened in rehearsal, and it was we could have played the scene completely as written, where it was just. Like, we should do this, and yeah, we should do this. What do you think about this? Like, that was fine. But we decided as actors that we had a point of view about each other, and we had a point of view about the information that we were going to give to to Carter and to each other. And as an actor, I absolutely live for those moments where something that's already a joy to perform surprises me. and uh, and And I'm really grateful that... I got to work with other actors in this scene and the director of this episode who were, like, we were all just looking for a great thing that we could do. And there it was.
3: We have an amazing cast, and it's, it's a pleasure to write for them because a lot of the time you sort of, you can hear how they're going to say a line that you're writing, and then there's always this, um, this X factor of, oh, wait, they're going to do something different with it. That, that's, that's surprising, and how great is that? Um, you know, the scene that, that Will was talking about with all of these characters stuck in isolation together, um, that sounds like something that might get tiring after a little while, but it's actually so good, we ended up really long on this particular episode, I think this is um, episode, it's 16, so it'll be number 6 in the order of the back 10 that are going to air. Um, I actually, as I'm flying home tonight, right after this panel, I'm going to be watching the special extended cut that I just uh, cut together for the DVD release. because oh, I'm so glad I you did can't, that. Yeah, we're, we've been trying to do that on the DVDs. You know, we're we're doing the director's cut of, of episode for Founders Day, um, for season four, our, our season premiere. Because there was just too much awesomeness in that, and we had to cut like we dropped the whole scene with Tess in the opening, which you may have heard of. Um, there, so that that scene will be restored. The director's cut stuff will be restored. So, um, but that's a, that's a great episode um, that that Will's talking about. So you can look forward to that on the DVDs. So a couple more questions. I know that we're running out of time. No, that's it. I, I, we're we're that past it? time, actually, guys. Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. No problem. We started if you want to ask so. me something afterwards, you can. I'll, I'll come over here. All right. A Thank big, you, guys.
2: A big thanks to Jamie and Will for doing this. Uh, check out Eureka, July 11th, 8 p.m.
3: Thank you, guys. Time, yeah. guys. Don't forget, new night, July 11th, Mondays, 8 o'clock. Thank you, guys, for coming. Really appreciate it. I am Wise. I am Gwinora. I am Iolite. I am Dexa. I am Grail.
0: And I am versus you. I am versus you.
3: And I'm versus you. I am versus you. And I'm versus you. I am versus you.
2: Casually Hardcore, Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT, only on vtwproductions.com.